to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I mean, I'll go get some of that butt paste that they use for babies. Yeah. And, like, I think we've talked about this before with one of your culture corner things. Yeah. <laughs> the, the horse one or the one in Tractor Supply. Yeah. Paste somebody actually has some kind of like, like soothing healing mm-hmm. thing in it. We, got, we were told on, uh, on YouTube, I forget who commented it, but it's Corona brand. Um, so if you if you guys wait, wait, remember, wait. do you put a lime in it first? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, this is at Tractor Supply. You can yeah. get it at Tractor Supply. Yeah, yeah. It's like a horse paste, but you can use it on, on yourself. We, we used yeah. it. Uh, I forget which one of our kids like just was rash, kind of like you talked mm-hmm. about, just torturous, um, man. Yeah, with Riley, and and it's like we no matter how much paste or any kind of like baby stuff we put on, it wouldn't go away. And oh, someone was yeah. like, "Hey, you should try out this this horse paste." And we were like, "What?" And they were like, yeah, get a tractor supply. And no joke. Like, nay. Nay. Not wow. <laughs> no joke. It was like a day. <laughs> Serious. She didn't like, she didn't like your no. joke. No. It was like a day. I didn't get that joke, man. <laughs> that was a dad joke. Wasn't what it? if what if you were what if you were chafed and you bought a bottle of cream from tractor the supply that said emotional crap? Yeah. I you know <laughs> you deal I, with it all at the same time. I, I, I'm being honest. Like I, I think I'd rather be chafed for the next 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, speaking of bad dad jokes, I told yeah, one yeah. the other day to Robert Aldretti mm-hmm. and he just looked at me like I had just <laughs> peed all over his kids or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, come I like on. that metaphor. This yeah. is good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, come on, Robert, that was good. And he goes, he was just like, dude, no man, it wasn't the, uh, <laughs> because, uh, he was, we were talking about working out and yeah, like yeah. I do kind of my crazy backyard workout and I have some guys that come and do that with me and drag the tire and do some stuff. And he was yep. going, man, you've kind of done the same workout the last three days. And uh, he goes, you got to mix it up this week. He, and so uh, he wanted me to go running with him, but I didn't have time that day to go running with him. And, and so uh, I said, well, you think of like a lumberjack though, but like they do the same kind of thing every single day and then they get lumberjacked. <laughs> and I was like, you know, right, right. And he just, the disappointment was palatable. He just arrested you on the spot. <laughs> he, he was just like, all right, put your hands behind your back, man. I got it. like, I hope I you shave for the next 50 years. That's right. It was, the, it was so sad to me because I thought it was such a great dad joke. And he just, he just shook his head at me. I was like, dude, come on, man. And he was like, no, he was I, like, just no. I was at Sam's and I ran into a buddy of mine who always made really like punny jokes in college and we gave him crap all the time and so we not even two i haven't seen him in like five years not even two minutes and just talking to him he made one of those jokes because we were talking about he has a four-year-old and riley's about to be two we were just talking about how dangerous they are but like you want to also instill like i keep this sense of adventure in them like you want them to be safely dangerous like i want you to stay alive but i want you to like still be adventurous and so riley was like shoving this wire in her mouth like she was just about to just grab this cord and just first thing mouth and i was like you've got to be kidding me so i like get it out of her hand and she's mad about it and without missing a beat he goes he says well just think if she would have actually got the wire into her mouth she would have grounded herself <laughs> and I, I sat there and i was like not like so i kind of was like ah like i did the whole like making fun of the joke uh-huh. thing but then i thought of it later and i was like what a fast joke like Man. it was the quickness of it that got me like I, it wasn't like 10 minutes later he was like and does does Let he me- know that's not correct 
Well, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would assume so. I, I'll call him tomorrow and like, see. <laughs> electrically speaking. Like, you're technically grounded. Already, yeah. If you're not wearing, you know, anyways. Yeah. Well, it's, it, what's I funny should have is, schooled him in the spot. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to think of other jobs that I could do lumberjacked with, you know, and kind of like, you know. Keep like, the joke running. Yeah, but I haven't had him much success. But speaking of like letting your kids do things, you know, I, yeah. I heard a guy the other day and I thought it was a brilliant thing. I loved what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just an audio I saw on uh, Instagram that has, I've now seen it. It's probably the places. Jordan Peterson one, but you can keep going. But we're, yeah, where he just said, let kids do dangerous things carefully. Yeah. And is that the guy? Yeah, Jordan Peterson. It was a yeah. clip. I think it was a clip from his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, he, like it's that's such a great thing, and he goes mm-hmm. on to talk about how like this is how they learn to be adventurous. This is how they learn to dare and learn to dream and learn to try things. It's like he goes, let them do dangerous things carefully. Yeah. So with wisdom, with this kind of alert mindset, you know, it's not that we're trying to keep our kids from any danger. Mm-hmm. It's that we're trying to frame danger. Like everything's a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like me coming off the road seven years ago to pursue art full time at 40 years old is a little dangerous. Like I was established, I was preaching and traveling more than I had any, like it's a little dangerous, but like it yeah, was something yeah. I wanted to do and had an opportunity to do. And so do dangerous things carefully. I thought it was a brilliant quote. It's good. It's it. a great quote. Yeah. And I, 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 that's a way that we've tried. We tried to parent initially, and I was like, "Well, there we go. There's a there's a famous guy saying it, so it's got to be right, you know. <laughs> it's got to be perfectly fine." Speaking of Pierce being right, let's just go to the culture corner. Let's nice. do it. Where I'm always right. Welcome. Please talk welcome, about horse butt paste. Welcome to the PCC, where we are sponsored by horse butt paste. <laughs> <laughs> Take a seat, get comfortable. Let's chill. Let's do it. So, actually, my PCC is. I just, I have questions that I don't know if we'll necessarily have answers because the more I think about it in my own mind, it's, it's like, yeah, but what if, and what if, and what if, and I think it's all circumstantial. Um, but being more involved in youth ministry and getting youth ministry established out at the 456, um, you just see more and more with, with youth either, they get older and they get more plugged in. They're getting more plugged into the into different things. And I think it's tempting to say you get plugged into what you care about more, which a lot of the times that is the case, but that's not necessarily always the case. And so I'm, I'm going to be careful with my language there um, because sometimes you get really plugged into church. Sometimes you get really plugged in in theater. You get really plugged into sports. You get really plugged in in after school uh Mathlete, I don't know, like the different, the different like uh, intellectual groups, whatever they may be. Uh, I don't know what the different things are now because there was the math clubs and the chess clubs and the different things when I was in school. Um, speech and debate, things like that. Is mathlete a real term? It was for a while. Yeah, mathletes. <laughs> I know it was in the 80s and 90s. I, I'm pretty sure math people made that up. Oh, just to feel cooler about it <laughs> instead of just math club. I'm a mathlete. <laughs> I'm a mathlete. Mathlete. Hey, uh, you cannot have mathlete without athlete. That's true. Do they get lumberjacked? Otherwise, it's just they get <laughs> they get lumberjacked. Uh, that's a good joke, Robert. That's, yeah, Robert, are you listening? <laughs> so I think I think it's tempting, and I saw I saw some of this, I saw some of these types of ideas get brought up with some of the Disney Plus stuff, actually, like with people canceling Disney Plus, people like, oh, they're stealing our children. Then people were broadening the terms of like, well, you think that's stealing our children. All these other things are stealing our children away. Like we need to get focused on church attendance and these types of things. And 
And I think that there is maybe a legitimate concern there of, of different, um, maybe allegiances is the wrong word, different, different uh, priorities is probably the better what, way what to say What were the it. other things they were saying were stealing kids away? Um, Sports clubs and stuff like that. Or yeah, 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 just Got just it. just different things to fill their schedule. Like gotcha. like you're you're focused more. Like you're allowing uh, sports or you're allowing it's maybe funny. Maybe, maybe an instrument or maybe whatever yeah. to fill their the schedule. The ones I saw of were a rebuttal. Oh yeah, they would be like rebuttal to someone saying I'm canceling Disney Plus was was like trying to point out the inconsistency. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I feel like those are two separate, com- could be two separate conversations. True. And yeah. I, that's why it was weird to me that that was the rebuttal. Almost it like is. it just, here's what it felt like to me. It felt like they wanted to keep Disney Plus and we're trying mm-hmm. to make a justification for it by saying yeah. like, well, you actually suck at all these other things too. So, so I feel okay this. about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So that's probably not a legitimate thing to bring in this conversation. I think, sorry. I, no, no, no. You're, no, you don't have to apologize. I think you're 100% right in that. I think that there are, extreme sides either way and people are trying to justify their argument on one side or the other i think a lot of pastors are out there saying like well you're not raising your kids right because of this 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 and this there's other people saying like no i'm trying to instill discipline in my kids and that was the way that i learned was i was a part of these sports teams and my kid loves these teams and so i'm going to encourage my kid to chase after their dreams and so i just feel like there's both sides of the argument on a lot of things and i see so much of it and it's I think that my question is, I, I my initial thought is I don't have a stance on this. And it was something that I've just been thinking about it more. And I know that you guys have been, are both parents, have both seen these things more, both real parents, um, <laughs> have seen these things more in ministry. You know, I've had more of these conversations. And so I'm just curious more of y'all's exposure the, and stance in it. What's your question? My question is, should this even be any sort of debate in regards to church attendance? And as pastors, what? how do we encourage people? Um, so I guess, I guess as a youth pastor, um, people want to instill the thing of like, hey, you either choose sports or church. Oh, okay. Uh, you okay. either choose one or the other. And if you don't choose church, you're wrong, I think is like the predominant ministry side of things. So it seems, or let me, I should rephrase it that I should, re, I should phrase that differently. I feel like that's the, the law-based mentality amongst the American church culture. Um, and then, or if I don't pack church into my schedule and make my life crazy chaotic and full, then I'm doing something wrong because I don't have church as a part of it. Well, we, we've talked about this not very long ago that a lot of it's priority because I don't think any of us would go to the person, a Christian person who's a fireman and say, well, you're scheduled where you miss every other Sunday. So you've chosen being a fireman over God. Like, I don't think we would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that person is maybe missing a couple of Sundays a month, but that isn't the weight of their commitment. That's and not, we, yeah. Yeah. Like I think now it, it might be that they don't have a commitment to God or a commitment to community or a commitment to being part of a church. That might be the case. Yeah. But I don't think... But that can't be a standard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, uh, we, we have and, we have friends, right, who are in law enforcement and in different things like that, that uh, periodically their shifts require them to be away. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we would go to any of them and say, oh, so you've chosen this over... And we would never, and we would ain't in the same conversation. We would never allow attendance to be a a standard of someone's standing before God. I, we would never being allow. Being honest, like I, I kind of want it to be. <laughs> like if I'm just being completely <laughs> honest, you just, you'd be more comfortable with the standard, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think really what it boils down to is 
is a, <clears throat> an aspect of your desire. So your heart yes. in it. And I, so I, obviously attendance can't be a standard because cannot be because no. then we have to quantify what that looks like. Well, how many weeks of, right. like, is it Sunday morning that's a standard? Is it small group that's a standard? How many weeks a year? So what I was going to say is like, it would be easier if it was just a, an attendance standard. Be the, way easier. The difficulty comes in, I think this is what you're asking about, Pierce, is that we've made it a standard mm-hmm. and it's difficult now to have the conversation without the standard being ingrained in the conversation. Yeah. So like, here's, I'll, I'll flip it a little bit. If, if, if there's, I've had this conversation with a couple of families in the last year. Um, it, they'll say like, um, my kid's in sports. Um, so we have to be gone from Sundays a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And the question I don't ask right away is like, well, how often do you get to go? Mm-hmm. My question is like, do you, first of all, is this something you desire and long for? Because mm-hmm. I want to know where their heart is first. Like, yeah. Yeah. are you telling me this because you feel bad about missing? Or are you telling me this because you want to figure out a way to be involved in uh, the true. body of Christ in the midst of your schedule? I'll give you a good example. There's, um, there's a couple of kids I know who are kids, 16 to 17, who are professional disc golfers on tour mm. who can't, yeah. Can't go to church on a consistent basis Sunday. We do chapels as much as we can, but I'm, I mean, they're on the road for, you know, nine months of the year almost. And yeah. we're doing like 12 chapels. That's not yeah. even close to the amount of weeks that they're gone. So how are they involved? And we, we created something and on the pro disc golf tour, we call circle one group. So they have a small group that meets almost every week, almost every week. So they get some community, but like we couldn't go to them and go, you don't really go to church very often. Right. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, so that's the difficulty is we have a hard time having the conversation without the standard. Right. And I yeah. think that's where it gets tricky is because now you have people who just try to justify their place yeah. by making some kind of argument instead of going backing up and going, what is it that we actually long for? I'll tell right. you this. If there was someone who was like, yeah, hey, I'm gone all the time, but I don't really give a crap. Yeah. And I would be like, there's something wrong in your yeah, perspective, right. in your heart. This isn't about how much you're gone. Although I'll say this, and maybe this, this will be in your direction, Ryan, of like having a standard, I I have a hard time. I would have a hard time if someone was like, I'm not even like on the road doing sports, but I just don't really go to church that often. I would have a hard time saying like, you guys have a heart, you have a heart for community. It would be difficult to say that this is a priority for you. Yep. Yep. Or you see the value in this. Yeah. Um, I I think for me, a lot of it is, and we talked about this because of of my way of thinking, like I do it's just easier to count. It's easier to count. Yeah. If, if you're gone, look, if, if you showed up, <laughs> like I'm a numbers person, I'm a math person. Yeah, I yeah, try yeah. to think about basic facts. Uh, and like just, if you show up once out of every six months, and what I'm learning is like, there are people who do that. And maybe it's just because their upbringing was different, or maybe it's because their experience was different. But there are people who do that who are like, this is my church. This is where I'm part of. And mm-hmm. they feel connected. And maybe it's just a matter of it's a growth. Yeah, moment. like I yeah, think yeah. They're probably maybe it's just really a matter of shaping faith. and teaching. Yep, because I would say that I would say someone, um, I'll I'll say like I, I have a feeling that someone like a Jess Martin, um, could probably like acknowledge that there would be a point where he would start feeling like like there's something he's longing for that he's not he'd getting. Miss it. Yep. Yeah, he'd miss mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yeah, uh, and and I think that that we would say that like if we weren't pastors, yeah. like we we would miss it. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you know, we're about to, to leave and, and, uh, we're going to go to Colorado and, and New Mexico and we'll be 
traveling for a couple of Sundays. And part of me, like, part, feels like it's wrong. Well, no, part of me would like to find a church to go and worship <laughs> oh, with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but then you. part of me is like, am I going to go though and just be miserable the whole time? And like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, because it's from where are you guys going to Colorado? Uh, we're going to a couple of places. We'll be in Estes Park for a little bit. We'll be in uh, Buna for a little bit. But, but part of it for me is, and I think this is kind of what we're getting at. Like, part of it for me isn't just I need to be somewhere where I hear the preaching of the word because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm preaching the word to my family on a daily basis. Um, it's not that I just need to be somewhere where we're singing songs because we listen to worship music regularly in our house. I think part of it for me is I want to associate with other believers. I want to like, there's yeah. a, like, I, I want to be with other people who, yep, yep. who know and proclaim Christ. Like there's a, there's a desire in that, uh, for me. What you you're know? saying is, cause someone could take this this way. You're saying is you probably won't find that completely with just you and your wife and kids. Yeah. Because uh, all the things you just said technically could happen within a family. Yeah. 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 But you're saying like there's a larger, there's a larger. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. There's a larger desire for because all the all the examples you just gave could happen within just a family unit. Hundred percent. So what you're saying is, and there are probably situations around the world where that's the way it has to happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's a very small group of people. Even. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think there's your point is the desire is probably that that you can be part of a larger group of community. Yeah. Um, like even if you and your family took six months off and just you and your family, there would be a point probably pretty quick where you would be like, I'm ready for an involvement and community with people outside of just us. I, mm-hmm. I know that this was Pierce's culture corner, but I almost feel like we need to keep going on this just because I think this is a good valid discussion. Yeah. Um, for, and, this, for this episode or for yeah, just we can do another episode? No, we well, can yeah, because I mean, yeah, we're, yeah. we're already in it. Let's you know, it. like, Let's I don't do know it. how long we've been in it, but I've, but I, Ryan. But I don't... The whole episode? <laughs> well, actually, Pierce, uh, this is something that we have talked about doing on an episode. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I feel like we're, I, I feel like we're all equipped enough to have this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so... That's how I, I started my corner with me not being equipped. Come on. Okay, if we're going to stay here for a bit, then... There we go. <sighs> no, come, but, we'll just stay in the corner the whole time. I like it. Let's do it. There's... You know, for me... Um, can I skip church? That's the title of the of the. There we go. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, there's gonna be like yes, that would be a I dope get title. Yeah, get some yeah. Can I yeah. skip church? Yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, and then the Ryan subti- does it. The subtitle is <laughs> is new church pose is squatting the entire service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, I th- I think that there are I think that there are times uh, I don't know I mean people are gonna say to us well you guys you guys get paid to be there and. I guess you're not wrong, um, yeah. but it's not why I'm there. And before I was being paid to be there, it wasn't why I was there, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and th- there's something... And that's a really funny statement anyways. Yeah. Um, because it's like we're... We're choosing, in essence, to do a job that we feel like God has equipped us for for a specific reason, Ephesians 4 to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So we're doing that job for that reason. And it, in by nature of that job, there's the great opportunity for us to be involved in community in that way. Like you're talking about, we get to worship together. Like you get to worship every Sunday. Like yep. it, it is rare that I'm at a place 
besides an event I'm preaching at where I get to just participate in worship because mm-hmm. I'm usually leading worship. Um, but I never feel like, and you feel this way in preaching, I never feel like, man, I didn't get to worship today because I was the one leading. So that's why yeah. it's a weird statement because yeah. it is it is what God has equipped us and gifted us to do. And so as if the money affects the intentionality of it, you know well, what I mean? Yeah, that would be and- like saying to someone like, um, well, you don't really love your family because you just have to do it because you guys need money. Yeah, I, I think too. I mean, mm. I, I'm not thinking of anybody specifically right now who has said that to right, me or right. to uh, to us. Uh, but I, I have heard that kind of thing in the past. Well, this yeah. is what you get paid to do. And the super easy answer uh, in this situation would be, well, we did it for six years with no pay. And then for another four <laughs> yeah. years, yes. we did it for $400 a month. So yeah. like- this was this was and something we were scraping by to get to four hundred dollars a month for us. We mm-hmm. were we were scraping by, and we we were getting to the end of every almost every month out of those four years. Almost every month we got to the end out of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, as individuals and as people, Micah, you and I both having families at that point. You know, Pierce, you three years married now, four. Yeah, four. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, four. 28. Yeah. Yeah. You got married so, in 2018. So, like, I mean, um, you were newly married at the end of that time when we weren't making any money, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, uh, and it was just, there was a pressure. There was always a pressure. And yet, none of us wanted to walk away from it because we were all convinced this is where God had brought us to be and enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think maybe, what I would like to see people experience is I, I want that for other people. I want other people to feel like this is where I am because this is, Pierce, you said it uh, when we had lunch the other day that people were saying to you like, man, I feel like I'm at home in this church. Like, mm-hmm. that, So there is something that they are conveying where not knocking any other church they'd been to, but there is something that happened when they came to the 456 for them, because we're, we're not for everybody. We've had people visit us who have gone on to other churches, and that's fine. Yeah. But but the people who have found a home with us, there's a reason they're feeling that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they they will text me sometimes and be like, man, I hated to miss today because I just, I always feel so encouraged. I always feel, and mm-hmm. I think that's what I desire for people. Like, yes, I'm the preacher most of the time, but like, I, I enjoy being there. I enjoy being seeing the faces and the community. Yeah. And I, I enjoy doing this with other people. Uh, I, the Tuesday Bible study that I do now with about 10 or 12 people, um, last week or a few weeks ago, they're like, man, thanks so much for doing this. And I kind of chuckled and I was like, no, 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 thank you guys. Because I don't ever get to talk about all these things that I nerd out on. Like, this is super exciting for me to be able to talk about these things that I don't have. I said, I've been telling Michelle for a year. I miss teaching. Like I miss Mm -hmm this kind of stuff, you know? And I said, I'm, I'm definitely more wired as a teacher than I am a preacher. And, and so like, there was something that was missing for me that now is satisfied for me because I get to, you know what I mean? And I just, I want to see that for other people who are lay people. That's the term that we use for people who aren't paid staff, but like, I want to parts of the body, people who are part of the body. I have a feeling that part of the reason why some people don't feel that way now or haven't felt that way in the past is because they felt like being at church is a rule. Yeah. Yes. And so I think when you remove that, if it's law, then it cripples you. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. when you remove that, like, like you get to go worship mm-hmm. and learn the word and have community and drink coffee with, you know, like with other believers, like these are, it's what you get to do today. Yeah. And if it is something you, 
genuinely enjoy, even if there's a time frame where you miss it, um, two things happen. One, you miss it because you enjoy it. And two, you don't feel guilty about missing mm-hmm. because it's not a rule. Exactly. The only thing, the only thing that brings guilt is law. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think where, what I meant earlier is like, if someone's like, I, I could give a crap whether I go or not, um, it's because you're like, something's wrong in your perspective or your heart. Uh-huh. Um, or you've been so jaded by an experience in the past that you've convinced yourself it doesn't have any value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or an, um, an unhealthy expectation. Like if, if you feel like church should be a certain thing oh, for oh, you yep. yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're going, man, I keep going to all these churches. I can't find the thing that is filling the gap for it's a, me. It's a misunderstanding of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah what the gathering of the saints, what the, yeah. what the uh, <clears throat> um, assembly is actually supposed to be. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause I think if it's, yeah, that's true. Cause if your foundation's off, then you're not, you're not looking forward to the right thing. If you think it's like, I'm supposed to go so I can feel better today, but I never feel good when I go. Yeah. Then you've misunderstood. It, now, you took your wife out of town or you took your wife and kids out of town for a getaway last weekend. Should you feel guilty that you missed church? No, I don't think so at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it comes down to or, the heart of it. Yes, or you go on vacation and you don't go to church while you're on vacation. Right. So admittedly, I actually felt guilty growing up. Um, well, I felt guilty as a young adult on my own because growing up, even when we weren't at our home church, we always had to go to a church. Mm. Uh, there were certain, so- okay, this one was weird. There was a soccer mm. tournament I was at and my dad had said, you can be gone to soccer tournaments on Sundays because they were usually Saturday, Sunday tournaments um, as long as you go to church. And he would say something like, I don't even care what church you go to. Um, and one day I went to church. It was a Saturday night mass with a buddy on my team, one of my closest friends who was Catholic. Mm-hmm. And in my, my, my dad's mind, that counted. <laughs> yeah. And in retrospect, I'm like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> why yeah. was that okay within your standard? Like, you kicked the box. Are you kidding me? Like, Catholic mass where they sprinkled us because it was Mother's Day? Like, mm-hmm. that, anyways, that kind of, I didn't realize I was pissed off about that until just now. But, like, <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird standard. Yeah. <laughs> and I was saying my dad was like, off in his desire for me to be part of no, the his church. desire was for you to be. Part it's of just the weird that yeah. that was that was the thing that worked that one week. Like, why was that okay? Yeah. Um, and yet he very much would say, "I don't." He doesn't want people to go to Roman Catholic churches. Now, it's possible. I, again, I was a teenager. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the check the box at all. Maybe it was. Was that thunder? I don't know. Sounds like it. Interesting. It's really windy outside too. Yes. Could be, yeah. It's Anyways, maybe it was, maybe he actually wanted me to, to experience mm-hmm. what it was because he grew up Roman Catholic. So I mm. wonder if he wanted, just wanted me to experience it. It didn't have anything to do with like ticking the box yeah. at all. So maybe that's the case, but <laughs> if it was dad, why in the world was that okay? <laughs> well, and I don't know. I think like it, it has to be a heart issue. Like it has yeah. to come back to that. Yeah. Um, if, if you're on vacation and you, you don't go to church for two weeks, I, here's where I would have a problem. Like I'm telling you the old school Baptist in me wants to kick against you being gone anyway, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to be more mature. Hey, you know, that's not just a Baptist thing, right? I do know, but I'm not, I'm not any other old school. I'm an old school Baptist. Right. So like, that's why I say so that. You just OSB. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> OSB is so expensive in the storage. Like why is OSB the same price as plywood right now? It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I don't even know what that is. So, uh, that's the one that's all like compressed together. Yeah, it's right? like it looks yeah. like particle board. Gotcha. But you know, I think what would I think what bothers would would bother me because I don't know that it's happening. But I think what would bother me is if you miss two weeks of church, 
And because you've missed two weeks at church, there hasn't been any, especially if you're the dad or the parent anyway, like single mom, whatever. If you, if you haven't been leading your family towards the things of God for those two weeks. So if, if the only source of, of Christian growth or Christian thought or Christian maturity you have is what you get at church. And because we didn't go to church for two weeks, we didn't have anything. That's mm-hmm. where I have a problem. So like, if so it's the problem not trans- isn't that they miss, the problem actually isn't having to do with being at church at all is what you're saying. Yeah. So it, if, if you're not leading your family into the things of God, because if you, let me say it the positive way, if you're leading your family into the things of God and circumstances happen where you miss a week or two, yeah. your family's not going to feel like they've missed out on God. What, mm-hmm. you know, what because, is that in your, like, from your perspective, like what are some, like, I'm just thinking like practically, like, what does that look like? So it does not look like what I thought it was when I was growing up in church, um, which was you have to sit down and have a Bible study every night, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, but like one of the things that we do, I, I, I want my kids to understand that Michelle and I, uh, we try to rely on God for everything. We try to think about God and everything. So one of the simple things that I do is when I sell a painting, any painting that I've sold, I gather the family and I just say, Hey, we want to thank God for providing for us again. Um, and I'm trying to turn it towards that. Um, when, when my kids like occasionally, um, it it hasn't happened often, but like, I, I think of one time when one of my kids did really poorly on a math test and they came home with a he must not have been a math lead. Yeah. But, but came home with a pretty poor grade, like below 60. And, uh, and I, I looked at him and I said, do you feel like you understand the math? Because I had helped him study. And he goes, yeah. And I said, do you feel like you rushed it? Because I also know when he rushes, he makes simple mistakes. I said, do you feel like you rushed it? And he goes, yeah. I was like, okay, don't rush it next time, you know, because this isn't the measure by which God measures us. And this isn't the measure by which I'm going to measure you. And it's, and just, Next time, focus. So as an example, you're taking the opportunities of circumstances in life to just show them who God is. Who God is and who they are in to God and in God. Yeah, you're reaffirming in them their identity in Christ apart from circumstances of life. Right. So I forget what it was, but recently Riker said something to me and then he apologized uh, uh, about something he had said or done. And I was like, you didn't do anything wrong. There's no reason to apologize. There wasn't anything in that that dishonors Jesus. And I, and I've, I've said it so many times to my kids now that they answer me. And so I said, what's my only goal for you? And they said that we would know and love Jesus. I said, yeah, there wasn't anything in that that you did that isn't that. So you don't need to apologize. Right. You don't need to. And so I'm constantly trying to frame. I feel like such a hypocrite right now, but uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I constantly am trying to frame things through the lens of Christ and who they are to Christ. And for those of you listening, uh, about a month ago, my good friends Pierce and Micah were jerks to me and made me talk about some things <laughs> I didn't want to talk to talk about. And uh, and we so I just brought you some gold bond. So one one of the things that I've realized, <laughs> um, just and I'm saying this for some accountability's sake and because I think it moves me forward. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I realized is I I, uh, I used to be severely depressed, uh, 15 to 25, 15 to 26 years old. Um self-mutilation, uh, self like yelling at myself, cussing at myself, uh, self-loathing, couldn't function, uh, couldn't build friendships, couldn't sleep, couldn't, I got kicked out of school because my grades all fell because I, I, I literally just couldn't function. I couldn't do anything well. I could barely keep a job. Um, and over the last two decades, I, I thought that I was good. 
I, th- I thought that I had, I thought that I was healed. I thought that I was whole. And one of the things that my really stupid friends, <laughs> a, few, a few weeks ago, they were like, hey, we need to talk about this. I was like, man, I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, well, we have to. And I was like, well, screw you. Yeah. I don't think I said screw you, but I definitely felt that. Uh, but one of the things that I've realized is that the insecurity that I I feel like is probably just a normal part of my life and the fear that I feel like is probably just a normal part of my life isn't a normal part of my life. It is really at, at its core, a rejection of who God is. Mm. Um, and I know better. I do know better, uh, which pisses me off because I do know better. Mm. And so, so I, with my friend's help, punks that you may be, and ha- now having shared it with my wife, I, I am trying to not just be dismissive of my insecurities and my fear and go, okay, this is a place where I'm not trusting Christ. Mm. Now, how that translates to me, I promise there's validity here and I'm not just talking, like, I want my kids to know those things before they're 47. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And, and so when I see the insecurity and the fear in my kids, mm-hmm. what I can do is come to them with Christ and say, here's who Christ is. So here's my point. If you're missing church, but you are still instilling in your children and your family, the truth and the character of God, I get it. Like yeah. you're going to miss church sometimes, Yeah. but if you're missing church and you are not instilling, like the only place your family is getting the things of God is church. You better get your butts in church. Mm-hmm. Like, or, or something's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you, something's got to change or at least recognize that. And I think it's a great, yeah. I think that's a, perfect example of like a practical view on it because I think what people probably thought you were going to say is like here's five things you can do as a a dad or as a mom to lead your family well you know you would have given a list of things and I think what I love about your explanation is it's it's acknowledging that our lives often look different yeah not just different from each other but often different in different phases of life like our school year at our house our school year life looks much different than our summer life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's funny because it's different than most people's because I've right. gone so much in the summer. Mm-hmm. It looks like... Yeah, you're gone like eight weeks it's, every summer. Yeah, so it looks way different than mo- most people that get like the summers like them being together. School years when we get to be yeah. together. So like, And you get to go to all your kids' games right. and all that stuff. Yeah. So it, it is, I think it's such a great application or practical application because what, what you're saying is, is whatever circumstances are going on in life, if your perspective is... As as a father, as a mother leading your kids, or even as a father leading your family, um, I want to I want to point my family towards Jesus, yeah, and help them, especially with kids, help them understand what it looks like, no matter the circumstance, to rest on Jesus and who I am in Him. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna find that that looks different for everybody. For for some people, that might be like, you know what? I'm so compelled by this. I want us to just be in the Bible every single day. Yeah, and mm-hmm. for you and your family, that might be what it looks like at right. least for a time. For some people, it might be like my my wife and I are doing a Bible study, which is not for me. Right. Um, I don't think anybody wants to do a solo one on one Bible study with me, except for you guys. <laughs> Nobody else yeah. does. I promise. It's just <laughs> well, it, but I think that, that's why I love your explanation is because what you're saying is is let your heart be towards pointing or towards pointing your family to Jesus. One more thought. I actually think if you're not doing that. I don't think getting your butt in church is going to help. It's not going to change. I think it is True. a step, but I think but, that if your heart doesn't change, yeah, it's your not heart gonna... has to be different. But my, my point being, if like we should be living lives that have, I mean, Pierce, you end every podcast with this, that have Christ as core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you either don't have that belief system yet, or I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, you've never been trained in that. 
you don't know what that looks like, yeah. then it is to your advantage to be part of the church community because that's yeah. where you can get some of that that's training. True. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. What, what we don't want to do, what we don't want to do is we, we don't want to think that it's all the church's responsibility to fix theology in people. But I, I'm a little bit of a cynic, as you well know. And I, I feel like a lot of people... I feel like for a lot of people, church is the measure of their Christianity. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're, so let's counter it a little bit. Maybe you're in church every week mm-hmm. and there's no conversations about Christ going on yeah. during the week. I yeah. would say that that's problematic. Yeah. 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 Um, or, yeah and I think potentially. Both, yeah. No, I think you're right. And in both cases, what you're exposing is you're not, you're not taking in, I'll say it this way. I think you're not taking advantage of the opportunity that you have to experience God here and now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's lacking in both. I'll say this. I, I it doesn't change. If you're someone who's put faith in Jesus and you are like, I, I don't have any desire to go to church. There's some factors I think that might actually make some people feel that way. Like yeah. they have crappy churches or they're in a town where there's not any good churches. Like it's possible. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, so, but if that's the case, you need to understand that going to church isn't going to change or not going to church either way, isn't going to change who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think what people are missing is you're missing an opportunity to have this intimate, intense relationship with God that he's offered to us here and now, not just in heaven when we die someday. And what you're missing is the opportunity for that growth personally, and then an incredible opportunity and responsibility as a parent, if you're a parent, to instill that, that perspective in your kids. Like what if, to your point, what if Asher and Riker in what, if they, if they have they don't have the similar insecurities you do because they're, you're a good dad, you know, and you had a terrible dad. So there's some insecurities they don't have, but like dealing with the insecurities, if they have it, like my insecurities and fear don't allow me to think I'm a good dad. Right. (laughs) I get that. But like, to your point, like what if, what if they can catch that by the time they're done with, with home? Oh yeah. They leave. Like this is, this is the opportunity you have as a parent. See, I I think some parents think, well, crap, I'm not doing the right thing because I'm like, I don't have my kids in church. No, 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 no you're not taking advantage of the opportunity you have to have community around your kids that can, that can assist them in that growth so yeah. that as adults, they can continue the pattern you've set of mm-hmm. living your life to honor Jesus. So it's not about a rule or feeling guilty. Right. It's about whether you're taking advantage of the opportunity or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm just trying to train my kids to, I don't know, want to, want to serve people, want to love people. Uh, it, it's interesting because I, I didn't even do this intentionally. Um, but three or four weeks back, four weeks ago, something like that. Um, I'm always at the door. I try to always be at the door between our services or when people are coming in and it was time for me to go up and do the announcements, but we always have that last minute rush, right? Where like Mm -hmm. 20 more people come in uh, during the first (laughs) song or the announcements. So my boys were standing there. It was a super windy day. And that was part of the reason I did it because our door catches and flings open. And I just said, Hey boys, would you man the door and just welcome people? And they loved it. Oh, cool. And so they come to the second service. So I told them the next week, I said, yeah, just come in, you know, at the end of the first song, catch all these stragglers and come in at the end of the first song. Well, yesterday they got talking and (laughs) didn't come in. So I went and got them. I was like, boys, it's time to come in. I said, I want you to worship as well. And it dawned on me that it may have felt like scolding. Uh, mm. So after church, I just said, listen, I, I said, I really appreciate what you guys are doing at the door. I want you to do both. I want you to be able to worship and serve. And so, so just kind of listen, you know, and when you, when you kind of are aware that Micah's done with his first song, then come and join us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, unless somebody's walking in right then. And, you know, so like, mm-hmm. 
but just trying to get them to be connected and want to be part of something that we're doing, you know, yeah. um, and, and just be connected to it all. Like I, there's, uh, I don't know. I, you've done this as a dad, I'm sure Micah. And I don't know Pierce that you've probably had the opportunity to do it much yet because of how little Riley is, but there are times that your kid just wants to be near you while you're working on something. They want to help with something. Yep. They want to do something and you let them and you mm -hmm. include them and you yeah. show them how to do it. And you, and like for, even if they suck at it. Right. And, oh, and yeah. you say, okay, look here, or I, I've tried really even if hard. It's dangerous. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I have tried really hard. Uh, I, I like questions. Mm -hmm. And so I have tried, I'm not great at it all the time. Sometimes I respond sarcastically or whatever, or uh, short tempered, but, any question my kids give me, I try to respond genuinely. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's a great question. So here's why we do it this way, or here's why we don't do it that way. Fantastic question. Instead of going, are you kidding? I've talked to you about this three times before, yeah, which yeah. is sometimes my response, which like, but to bring them along, like yeah. that's, that's the goal, right? Is to bring them yeah. along. But in order for us to be able to bring our kids along, we have to, as adults, at some point have desired it ourselves. Like if it's mm -hmm. not, if it's not something that, we crave and yearn and long for, how can we expect to raise up a generation of people yep. that, that do? Because they, whether we know it or not, they will probably copy us to some degree. There are aspects of, yeah. of how we mimic our parents, whether we want to or not, that are just kind of like ingrained. Yeah. Just patterns, even like yeah. just habits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know. Tell me if you feel like I'm out of, out of line here, but like, I think we've talked about this before. It feels like super obvious, but in Genesis one, when, when God makes Adam and Eve and he, he says he wants them to fill the earth and subdue it. While I think that there is something to be said there about procreation, I really think it's more about the image of the glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he, he's just made Seems them. Seems to be the context. Yeah. He's just made them in his own image and likeness. And then he says, multiply in the earth. And so, yeah. um, and then in Malachi, when it's talking about, estranged husbands and wives, but it's, it says that God joined a godly husband and a godly wife together for the, the purpose of producing godly offspring. Yep. And, and so we have, we have an opportunity to be sure, but we also have a, an obligation yeah. to, to make much of Christ. And church is not, is not the end all, but it is a fantastic avenue. Like we said several weeks ago, like, uh, the Bible isn't the whole of the word of God, but it is a great way to know the word of God and know yeah, who yeah, he yeah. is. And like, yeah. and I, I just think like, can I give you a thought on that? Go man. I think there's a lot of, uh, people who I'm just going to say this generically. Like, I don't mean it literally, but I do mean it somewhat literally. There are people who don't have kids and there are kids who don't have parents mm. as yeah. believers. Yeah. Um, and I mean that literally there are obviously people who don't have kids. Sure. And there are literally kids who are orphans. Yes. What I mean more so is like, even if slay hypothetically someone doesn't have their own biological children, there's an opportunity in the body of Christ to have that same kind of impact on kids yeah. yes. within the body of Christ, even if those kids have parents that go to the church. Yeah. And even more specifically, kids who are estranged from, from parents. There are kids who come to youth, I'm sure, that their parents don't come church or aren't believers. I know mm -hmm. there's stories about this all the time. So I think maybe one of the fallacies too, we oftentimes have is that I can't, I can't participate in that heart as an adult without having my own biological mm -hmm. children. And I think that's, that's not the case. Like 
I, I think that God had an intention for us to multiply his image through childbearing. But I think that there's also this aspect in the body of Christ where where you see even like, is it Timothy where he talks about the, yeah, the, yeah, older, the older man, older, the, younger. the younger man. And older so so you see this pattern even of like investing into um, people younger than you yeah. um, with the opportunity to shape some of those things in them. I, I mm-hmm. always say this. I think that, I think that age is an opportunity for wisdom. Mm. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met are old. Uh-huh. Yes. So like what I mean by that is age doesn't, Age doesn't imply automatically that you were wise enough to do that. Right. I think so. What we're saying is, is like the heartbeat still has to be, your heart still has to be, I long for my life to glorify Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I want to pass that same heartbeat all along yeah. to someone else. Well, it, to your point, I had somebody recently tell me that when you get a little bit older, you'll see the wisdom of your father. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> wait, no. which part? The sleeping around, <laughs> the alcohol, yeah, the I was like, physical and yeah, emotional like, abuse. Or, that's, that's probably not going to happen. Like that I ever go, Oh, you know what? My you know, what's dad funny is it's, it's even, even in the Bible, like David, Gosh. David, as he gets older, Solomon, as he gets older, they both start to suck. Yes. Yeah. So, and these, oh, let's put Solomon aside. Cause that guy's kind of an idiot anyways. Yeah. Um, apparently wise. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was yeah. from, but I mean like as far as like how he went about it with David, here's a dude that's well, called a man after God's own heart. Solomon, wisest man in the world. But if we're going Worldly to first wisdom. Corinthians one, yeah, it's yeah. not spiritual yeah, yeah, yeah. wisdom. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but David, a man after God's own heart, yep. who seems to move away from some of those things. Um, Eli yep. and his mm-hmm. two sons, like here's They're really bad, really bad. So like there's some, my point is age does not imply godliness or wisdom it is literally just an opportunity i think age is an incredible uh, life experience through age is an incredible opportunity for wisdom but it does not imply that so the the reason i'm reason i'm mentioning that is i think that there's there's probably an essence for people who are older whatever that means i'll just say i'll just say my age and above yeah 40 and up there's an opportunity or inclination for us to think well i may not have done it right but i think i know how it's supposed to be done yeah. Um, and therefore I'm going to tell people this is how it's supposed to be done versus going, you know what? I've recognized my heart's in the wrong place. I didn't do a good, I haven't done a good job with my kids yet. I haven't done a good job with my husband or wife yet. I'm going to change my heart mm. and say like, my heart now is to honor Jesus and everything I do. I want to, I want to lead my family, whether you have kids or not. Um, whether it's just your husband or wife or whether it's with your kids as well, if you have biological kids or if it's with kids that you're investing into as well to say, I want to pass that same heart on to them instead of saying, well, let me just tell you all the things that you um, should know because I've lived through it. Right. Like yeah. I don't, th- someone who has, someone who has lived through prison and tells me as an example, all the experiences of prison doesn't really benefit me a lot in my life. Yeah. I'm not planning doesn't, on. Doesn't benefit Micah. Doesn't benefit correct you. Me, yeah, yeah. Because I'm not planning on going to prison. Now I'll probably get put in prison someday for something I say, I'm sure <laughs> um, about Jesus. But like, that's point being like that doesn't have any value to right. me specifically. Yeah. So just because you have an expertise in something that's, I'm saying that kind of wisdom is not what we're talking about. We're talking about right. a heart that regardless of your life experiences says, I want to know and honor Jesus and everything I do. And I think that's the kind of heart that even if it's last week that you started that you actually are going to have a start, start to have an impact on people in that way. Yeah. If you're a dad who has sucked your entire life at being a father and you go, you know what, you hear this and you're like, you know what, you're right. I got to change my heart. And you're this week, you're like, I'm going to start living my life to honor Jesus and everything I do. I can promise you that next week your kids will see something different. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, and and that's the that is the key thing too is that everything we do and say communicates. Everything we do and say communicates, and um, we don't always get to decide what it's communicating. <laughs> you know, like uh, the every choice we make represents something. It just does. Like, um, and not necessarily right or wrong. You know, right, like right. if if <laughs> I remember growing up and going, I mean, I, I didn't. I grew up in ultra conservative Baptist churches. So I was never going to drink. I grew up in an alcoholic home, so I was never going to drink. So it was really easy for me to say, I don't think you should be a Christian and go to Chili's and get a margarita. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't either. Cheddar's makes better ones. Yeah. Than Chili's does. But you go to a place where there's a good margarita <laughs> and you have a margarita, it's conveying something. Yeah. Now what it may, what you may be conveying that is the freedom you have in Christ. Right. What is conveying to somebody else who has it? You know what I mean? Like yep. there's always a conveyance right. and it might not be what you intended. And not, but we have the opportunity to shape thought. Like mm. all of us have the opportunity to shape thought and move people towards Christ. I, I think, let me, let me offer a couple of things. One, if you haven't been in church in a while and you're like, man, I don't want to go back because I'm embarrassed. I haven't been in a while. Um, we don't do membership at our church. We don't keep records of who's there or not. And we will be glad to see you whenever you come. Yeah. Like that's the reality. That mm-hmm. that is the legitimate. That is uh, that is when I'm not an asshole. That is the the legitimate truth of my heart. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm really just yeah, glad yeah. you're there. Like yeah. um, I'm not gonna say, man. I count. <laughs> do you? Uh, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna look at you and say, um, man, where have you been? I'm not gonna look at you and go, man, we've missed you. I'm just gonna go, hey, it's great to see you because I legitimately yeah. mean that. Yeah. Um, because I know that that's the right position to and have. And we really do miss you when you're gone. We do, mm-hmm. yeah. Not like um, miss that you are attending, but miss you because Yeah, you. we miss you. Yeah. But like, um, my my aim isn't to be condemning in any way or mm-hmm. manipulative in any way. And and so come, just come. Like, we don't care. Like, just come. Uh, but if if you don't have a desire to be with the body of Christ, you call yourself a Christian and and you are. Let's say you are, right? You call yourself a Christian and you don't have a desire for the body of Christ. You don't have a desire for this corporate worship. I really enjoyed uh, Sunday when the guitar dropped out and you were just, and like you could hear everybody, a hundred mm-hmm. people almost singing. And I just, I loved it, man. Yeah, yeah, I good. loved it. And mm-hmm. because for so many years, we were such a few group of people, like 15, 17, 20 people. In a giant room. That you couldn't hear any of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And so I loved that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there is something rich and beautiful about that. And so if you don't have a longing for that, mm-hmm. and not only that, I am convinced, 100%, I think you guys would go with this, that 1 Corinthians 12 says that the Holy Spirit has given gifts to all believers mm-hmm. for the benefit of the body. We talked mm-hmm. about this at yeah. some point months ago. For the benefit and the encouragement and the building up of the saints. Yeah. Like, if, if you're not desiring to be utilized by the Spirit in mm-hmm. a body of believers, something is off in your theology. And I'm not saying you're not a Christian, and I'm not saying you don't know God. I'm just saying, like, there is a blessing, I think, that you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. And because Absolutely. you're missing out on it, we're missing out on it too because you're part of that's this. A good, that's a good point, yeah. This system yeah. that we we want you you're because we need piece. you. <laughs> yeah, you're an integral piece of this whole thing. And, yeah, and so if you can be absent without end and feel like you're not missing anything, then you've misunderstood the gifting the gifts that the other people have and you've misunderstood your gift and you've misunderstood how they should all fit together. Like, and you, yeah, you're missing out on the enjoyment of being together. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, I think it's like when I was a kid and I used to do the suicide thing 
at the fountains. What? The like where you, you get, have any more clarity on that? Sorry, <laughs> I used to do the thing where you oh, go to the, the fountain fountains. and you would uh, I kill myself. <laughs> Still not I kill myself with the fountains. No, <laughs> I was like, what's yeah, going you I get go a to little the, bit of everything. I go drink. to the soda fountain and you get a little oh, bit of everything. Yes. And I thought it was good. Get a suicide. Yeah, yeah. Do but a they suicide. Were, they were like, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I did. I do the suicide thing. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't My know. My mind went a lot of places sorry. really fast. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that, like, <laughs> yeah, it was, anyways, that was a little too dark. Yeah. Um, it's like suicide hotline or at, <laughs> at the fountains? What's the fountains? <laughs> but like, I didn't realize what I was missing until I had just Dr. Pepper just by Just Dr. Pepper, yeah. <laughs> right. right. I mean, like, but enjoyment wise, like that's what I think is like there are people who have no idea what they're missing. Yeah. yeah. Because they think that church is just about the attendance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Like maybe, well, not even maybe, uh part of the blame for that, if not all the blame on that, falls on how we've handled it at church. Uh agreed. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think uh you're not more or less righteous because of your attendance, but there is a blessing and a benefit and a joy when Absolutely. we fellowship together. Yeah. And, and here's the reality. Um, if tomorrow the climate change, the political climate change in the States, and we couldn't meet 100 people for two services in a row, uh, all three of us are in different parts of town. So mm-hmm. I'm in Dove Creek. Micah, you're in the middle of me and Pierce, and then Pierce, you're on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. We three probably wouldn't see each other as often but we would, the 456 would still exist. We'd do something. And new. we would have people who are in Cristobal who had church and we would have people like in, in Merson who are having church. And the Aldretti's live around the corner from me. Uh, uh, Stacy and his wife, Jenny, live around the corner from me. We, you know, there are a handful of people that live within mm-hmm. three quarters of a mile from me. They're now meeting in my house for, you know, if we're, if we're having to do it secretly and privately like the people in China, the believers in China, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not going to quit doing it right because we need one another yeah like i also think there's there's it's hard to experience the joy and blessing you're talking about if you literally just come sit and then leave yeah i think that there's there's an aspect of actually engaging with people which is why i think small groups are are a a venue for us to have that Mm -hmm. um i think our church right now is small enough in each service where we can experience some of that on yeah. Sunday morning in the service because people don't just come and sit and leave. I think the phenomenon of megachurches um, has perpetuated this idea that I don't actually need yeah. to be there because literally in some of those places, unless you're involved in like a small group at that church or you're volunteering in some aspect of ministry, mm-hmm. you're probably not engaging with other people. Yeah. You're just sitting in the service and you're singing with 2,000, 3,000 people, and then yeah. you're leaving after the sermon. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that engage, actually engaging with people on a consistent weekly basis that are other believers is an important thing. Like, what you just said about if we can't meet like we are now and have to go to individual homes, um, I think that, that that exemplifies how important that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that what's most important is that we have togetherness yeah. regardless of what shape it is, whether it's, whether it's five people in a house or 5,000 people in a church building. Although yeah. I think it's harder to have 5,000 people have that same kind of community. It, is, what it, I'm it is. I do agree with that, but I wonder like in a church, because there are churches that have 5,000 and I'm going to say that there are churches that have 5,000 where they're proclaiming Christ correctly and they love yeah, Jesus yeah. and the worship of Christ exalting. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I wonder if, because you know what you'll hear from people in bigger churches, they'll say it's too cliquish for my taste. Uh, like, 
Oh, the big church is too cliquish? Yeah, you know, like I can't find my group or I can't like- Like people that don't want to go to the big church? Maybe, you know, but I I just, I feel like if you're in a church of 5,000 people, what it may mean, what it may mean is that you've got 50 different groups of 10, uh, sorry, 50 different groups of 100, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're not going to connect with everybody, you know? But the point being, connect with somebody, connect mm-hmm. with some of those people. And it, and it, like, instead of going, well, that group never invites me, like. You're I, saying make a concerted effort to be part of people's lives instead of waiting. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I just. Because that happens a lot where people are like, well. Waiting for somebody yeah, else. No one to ever invited move. me to this. And yeah. it's funny that that's the, that's also, I think, the, the fault of, of us as pastors, not us three, but like in, in general, general pastors, it's because yeah. we've created this idea that church is like this service outlet where like, what I mean by that is like, you come so we can serve, we as pastors can serve your needs yeah. um, rather than we're all part of this together. And there are some needs that we will serve you in as pastors. And there will some needs that we as pastors have that you will serve us in. Mm-hmm. Like that's just part of the body. But if the idea is I'm going to come and then like, well, no one's ever invited me to a small group. No one's ever in- invited me to go to mm-hmm. lunch. Be proactive is what you're saying. Um, yeah, and connect, connect, and probably most most modern day churches, most churches now is what I mean. Most churches have some kind of venue for you to get involved in community. Well, and it was super cool when we had a couple. I don't know; they've been with us for over a year now. But when they first came, like we don't ask people to do the contact card and drop it in the box, but they did, and they put their name on it, and they and they wrote on there. They're like, well, "We don't want to just." I forget how they said it, but basically, we don't want to just sit on the sidelines. Oh, yeah, yeah. We want to get involved. Yeah, yeah, and they have been, yeah. you know, and like, I, I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have other people and, and I will say this, some of you may be at a place where what you need right now is just to be served. Yeah. But I, and I think that's okay for a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think Micah, to your point, if a year in, you're still saying, I'm just here to be served maybe you need to reevaluate that. But like, if you're coming from a place of brokenness, I don't know, maybe you just went through a divorce. Maybe you just left an abusive situation. Maybe you just left a church that broke your heart. Maybe, maybe you're in in that window where you're just like, man, I need six months to just kind of get my feet under me again. Mm -hmm. Do that. Yeah. Find a place where you can do that, but, but don't isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. There's probably going to be somebody in that body, that local body, that church where you could you could find and just eat lunch with periodically just to talk about this stuff. I, I don't think it would be healthy to come sit on a Sunday morning, even if you're in one of those situations and just sit and then leave. Right. Is what I'm saying. Like yeah, even yeah. in that sense of like, where you still feel like you need to be served. I think part of being served is being actually part of lives of other people. Yeah. Even if you're not giving anything, like let someone take you to lunch, yeah. let someone just ask you how things are going so that you yeah. can, cause everybody has that need, I think to, for community. And if you're not involved in community, you're not actually being served. Well, I, I have the tendency to withdraw if things get too real for me. I, I have found a way to survive and cope mm-hmm. without, you mm-hmm. know, anyway. So this verse, Micah, I don't, I'm sure I told you this, but I don't know if you remember this. So right before I met Michelle, I'd been in San Angelo at that point for six years. Uh, you were sort of thinking about going to seminary. Um, you were my closest friend here in Angelo. And I was just thinking like, you know, it's time for me to move to mm-hmm. like, I've, I've been here for six years. It's, it's time for me to start fresh, be somewhere else. And in my reading one day, <laughs> it, 
It's probably in this Bible because it would have been around this time. So I made a footnote, November 29th, 2005. From, so this it would have been about that time, about six months before I met Michelle. And before I ended up staying and you and I talked. Anyway, Proverbs 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and breaks out against all sound judgment. Mm. And, and so there's wisdom in that. Yeah. If you are isolating yourself, isolating your family, then, then you're seeking your own desire and you're breaking out against sound judgment. Like this yeah. is not best for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, I mean, so here's my note. <laughs> oh yeah. So check this out. This is, I grabbed this Bible. I have a whole bunch of them. I grabbed this Bible when we came to record this podcast. So here's my note to myself, November 29th, 2005. It says, consider this verse, Ryan, as you think about moving. Interesting. You know? And so like, yeah. it, it was enough to kind of make me go, okay, why are you leaving? Mm-hmm. Why are you isolating yourself? Mm-hmm. Why are you taking yourself away from the few people that you do trust yeah. and that you do feel safe with? Like, why? You know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's, it's not wisdom. That, that is not wisdom to right. isolate yourself. We're, we're not an island. And so that's not just a great quote. Yeah. It's also a theological truth that we're not meant to do this alone. Yeah. Uh, even, and I'm not, I can't say every single place in the New Testament, but what I can say is the majority of the places in the New Testament where Paul is writing a church and he says, you do this and you do that, it's the plural of mm-hmm. the word. And mm-hmm. he, his intent is that the church would walk this way and love one another this way and serve one another this way. Yeah. Uh, we have made Christianity a solo sport way too mm-hmm. long. Yeah. And, it, and it is a team sport. Like, uh, I, I've said this before, and I want to I continue to think on this, and I need to think on it more deliberately. I haven't really thought on it in a while. But like, uh, I used to ask people all the time, are you reading the Bible? You know, what's your prayer life like? Yeah. And I think we've come to the place where we believe even in studying the scripture, it's best, it's best done in community. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you as an individual never study it. Otherwise you're going to have a hard time offering things to the community. Right. But like when we're trying to wrestle through the text and understand it and dive into it, mm-hmm. I think the three of us could attest that it's been better for us to be able to do this together. together. Yeah. Um, and bounce these things off of each other. We're, we're not even trying to do it on our own. I don't know if growth happens even close to as quick. Mm-hmm. You try to do it on your own. Well, that's something. Talk more about that because that's something we've talked about a lot. I think that, we, I think we can say that one because there's an episode I'd like to do on okay. like growth and yeah. spiritual growth. But yeah. I think that I think that at the at the core of it, all you need to know is I think that um, we we grow together better, or we grow better when we grow together. Yeah. You brought up, you had said specifically in regards to that to Psalm 18. Um, why are you isolating yourself from people you trust? And I think that is going to be that that's a that's a huge part of it in regards to um being a part of the community like an actual part of the community actually opening up to the community is viewing the community um viewing church viewing the people of god people of faith as legitimate brothers and sisters with one goal one mind um and i know that that uh, is something that Paul is having to continually call people out on, like right. get people back to. And I know that in today's day and age, we're, we as pastors are having to call people back to and remind people of um, as ministers. But I think that we, I want to encourage you guys listening and watching that we really, really 
need to view each other through the lens of Christ in that. And that is how we will trust one another. I can open up to you guys and, and bear everything within, within me because I know that you are judging me through the lens of the cross and the empty grave, not through the lens of selfishness and pride. And so right. when we step foot into a church to worship and when we begin to get involved in community and when we get too involved, um, within these things and we begin to either need to be served, which you were bringing up, Ryan, like need to be served. And if you are at a place of vulnerability where you acknowledge that you need to be served, that means that you are probably opening up, meaning that you are going to have to trust people. And most people, what they will say is you have to earn, in our society, you have to earn people's trust. And so, but if we go into a legitimate um, Christian environment bent upon the gospel, then that trust. I can think that's it. Because I think that there are churches you could go to that you probably shouldn't trust the people. Yes. That are believers. Yeah. I think that's what, I think the difference is like, I think you can tell if you, if you're just like checking out a church, you can tell by the preaching. You yeah. can tell by the people when you walk in, like, is this like a show? Is this fake? Yeah. Is the preacher only concerned about like how many people respond to the invitation at the mm-hmm. end of the sermon? But if it's someone, if it's a place where the preaching is, is like, Here's Jesus yeah. from the scripture. Here's the word. You know what I mean? Like you can tell. And and I think what you're saying is there's people who've been so jaded by experiences in the past that they have trouble actually trusting other believers. That's yes. what you're saying. And, and, and I think the the caveat to their jadedness is knowing that they don't have to wait for someone, is what you're saying, to earn their trust. What they can do is say, I can evaluate the kind of people I'm around and mm-hmm. say, these people are trustworthy mm-hmm. because the gospel's core for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that they're perfect, but it means that they're trustworthy. Yeah, and, and that's different than someone who is a believer who is just a straight butthole. Yeah, that doesn't care about them at all. Absolutely. That's not what you, I just want to make sure people because what it sounded like was like just trust anybody that's a Christian. Oh no 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 yeah absolutely yeah so y- you yourself having wisdom through the lens of the gospel yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. And it's and, difficult I think because if you've gone through something traumatic in regards to an experience with oh, like a church or yeah. another leadership, it's difficult because that that perspective unfairly tends to get put on other people in leadership. Mm-hmm. And j- just because, just because some other pastor is a freaking idiot and mm-hmm. is a terrible pastor doesn't mean that then we should be claimed, we should be uh, like said that we're terrible pastors because we're pastors yeah, we, too. We start off as untrustworthy. Right. We have to therefore. But you see that a lot, especially in like marriages. Like if a wife, a scorned wife is like a husband's left because he's left for some other woman. Yeah this is understandable. Like you have trouble trusting other men that mm-hmm. that's not going to happen to you again. Same thing in friendships. And I think same thing in churches. So what yeah. to your point, it's different with those of us in Christ, because what's, if, if the gospel's core for us, mm-hmm. then we're all moving the same direction. doesn't yeah. mean we're perfect, but we're all going the same direction. Yes. So if you're at a place, like you said, Ryan, where you're like, I, I, I don't really feel like I have anything to give right now. I just need to be with people who also love Jesus so that I can find healing, mm-hmm. then be at that place. But as long as it's with people, I think what you'll find is you will be served and you will probably also be serving other people, whether you know it or not. That's the idea. So if, if just get around people yeah. is what you're saying. Like, don't be so, your point is Pierce, don't be so jaded that you don't trust anybody. Like open yeah. yourself up I to a place where, you're around, you're around people who bent upon Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not, not just, just, not just people, not but, just picking yeah. a church. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not just people in general, not just picking a church that is a church, mm-hmm. but like finding a place where you can actually be part of people's lives who yes. also love Jesus and the mm-hmm. gospel's core. And then you will find yourself starting to move 
move forward in life yeah. after the traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we did we did an episode on what is what is the church. So that that's kind of what I was gonna within that same frame mm. of mindset, I was gonna add more clarity to that, but I don't need to. We got a whole episode on it. So, so. What, just, what's, what struck me is like, I can think of specific churches where like you go and the whole point of the Sunday morning service is for people to get saved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not what we do, but I also don't think that's a place where like, if you're trying to like find a place to connect with people so yeah. that you can grow together, that might not be the best place. Or if it is, you feel like a good place, then it can't just be Sunday morning. It probably needs to be some True. kind of smaller group setting see where else. you can be part of people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah, let's see what else is off. October 2021 is our... Uh, what is the church? What is the church? Episode. So yeah, so if you want to hear more about our conversation on that, what is the church, then go back and listen to that. Um, I know we talk a lot about bent upon the gospel. I mean, every episode we talk about Christ's core. So, you know, I know we talked about it then too. Hey, um yeah, yeah. We even have a hat somewhere, I think, that says I think we do, man. I think we do. If you, did, if you didn't get one of those, keep an eye out. We'll, we'll probably be making more work sometime. So, um, yeah, I think this was a good one. We, we, turned, Thanks, we, turned, we turned the corner into a whole thing. Hey, Ryan. We, we, we built we, a house around the corner. What are we talking about today, Ryan? What are we talking about today, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, culture corner. So anyway, here's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Um, well, actually, Pierce, we don't have time. Simpler view of can you skip church? Yes. <laughs> With a lot of <laughs> asterisks. Well, we, yeah, uh, we, we desire that we would desire God and we desire that other people would desire God. Yes. And, and church attendance isn't a defining factor of that. But it, but, but there's some beautiful flows, things that happen there. We, we could see that it could flow from that desire. Yeah. Um, or being around the people of God, people of faith would yeah. flow from there that desire of rich, knowing God and loving God. Wonderful things about being part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Even when you have friends who are a pain in the butt, make you talk about things you don't want to talk about. For growth. I just don't want to chafe. I just, <laughs> I just, I just don't want that I, in my life. I would life. rather chafe for 50 years. Ugh. <laughs> speaking of 50 year old Steven's over there and speaking uh, of chafing yeah, speaking, of chafing. <laughs> speaking of a pain in my behind Steven's over there <laughs> Steven, I bet you had some chafes back in the day when you were pro wakeboarder that's true I bet oh yeah because you're like constantly wet yeah Ugh. gross Steven gross <laughs> he's, he's at he's wet right now <laughs> what if we'd had some essence of Steven back then I know right he is maybe the next essence of Steven product is like a drying powder Oh gosh! What if it's like <laughs> smells like vanilla? If it's like Cheeto dust. Oh man! <laughs> Fire it's Cheetos, it's like, yeah. the hot Cheetos, it's the icy hot version. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, go follow Stephen at the Garden Auto if you haven't hey. already. Uh, go see what he's got going on. Give him a follow. Give him a like. See what he's up to this summer. It's June already, guys. It's a good time. It's hot. Uh, it's hot, hot here in, in in Texas. Texas summers. Uh, give us a follow at Simpler Pod. Go see what we got going on on Instagram. And Facebook, check out the clips, check out the memes. Uh, it's all good and fun over there. Subscribe where you are, follow where you are, share episodes where you are. It helps grow the community. It gets people involved in in the simpler community, and uh, and that's the goal here is to get people to be a part of these conversations. Um, and we've loved seeing that so far, and we continue to love seeing that grow. You guys are awesome. We love each and every one of you. We are thankful for you every day. As always, keep crisis core. What could be simpler than that? We will catch you guys on the flippity flop. 
Nice. Bye. <laughs> Flippity flop. <laughs> <laughs>